Ask for a favor. Uh huh. Can I hear you say, come on? Kawaii. Come on. Kawaii. Come on. Kawaii. No. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Listen, I love Drew Brown from Pittsburgh. Come on. But his friends are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Not ramping down. We're just getting started. Nothing stops this train. Thank you. God bless. And come on. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 3-0 for the first time since 2010. Happy Victory Monday, Steelers Nation. We're here on episode 20 of the Come On Network podcast with Steelers Reaction, ready to recap a 28-21 Week 3 win over the Houston Texans for the Steelers at Heinz Field. Kyle Dawson joined today by Donnie Chedrick, Joe Smeltzer, and Jack Hillgrove. As always, thanks for the subscribes, the streams, the downloads, the ratings, and reviews. You can find us on any device that gets internet or wherever you get and consume your podcast, be that Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or another. Also, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. That's at Come On, C-O-M-O-N, Network, N-E-T-W-O-R-K, on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on the web, comeon.network. There you can find blog stories, features, columns, hot takes, the podcast episodes. You can learn more about our team and much more, including merch that is coming extremely soon. Let's dive in, gentlemen. We'll start with our overall thoughts on this one. A seven-point win. The Steelers cover over the Houston Texans in week three at Heinz Field. Dropped the Texans to 0-3 and, and themselves, as mentioned, moved to 3-0 and for the first time in over a decade. A pretty big performance, especially in the second half for the Steelers. Well, it's hard to dislike a 3-0 start uh, by any means necessary. It uh, doesn't really matter how pretty or ugly it looks. 3-0 and is 3-0. and uh, First time in a decade that the Steelers have started 3-0. and The last time it happened, they were the AFC champions. So we'll see if that's able to correlate, but there's still plenty of time for, for that to uh, take place. Uh, going into this next stretch of the season, uh, after the 2-0 the start, I thought if the Steelers could split weeks three and four, uh, then having a couple of home games after that, before the bye week against teams like Philadelphia and Cleveland, who don't look really strong to me uh, whatsoever. Uh, Cleveland looking better than Philadelphia, but those are a few games away. I was just hoping the Steelers could get through weeks three and four with a one and one record. Uh, they already got the win, so they could make it two with a victory on the road next week in Tennessee. Yeah, I think coming into this week, uh, we all saw it as the Steelers' first true challenge, more than anything else. So coming in, we all expected the Steelers to get punched in the mouth first half, especially right before halftime when Houston drove down the field in about 50 seconds to retake the lead. But the Steelers, especially on defense, really owned the while offensively they controlled the tempo of the game as well, which you got to do, especially when you have a lead late. So overall, it was a hard-fought win. It's what at least I have a pretty good football team. It wasn't perfect by any stretch, but I don't think any of us really have anything to bitch about either. No, I, I think the way you ended that, show is perfect. There's really nothing to bitch about. Um, and to me, the first three games of the season uh, kind of all – 
followed the same narrative for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the offense did what it needed to do to get the job done, and the defense was what it has been known for for the last few years, and that's being one of, if not the best defense in football. Um, I saw a tweet earlier uh, on, um, maybe an hour or two after the game, uh, that said, oh, friendly reminder not to put a damper on anything, but the, even though the Steelers are 3-0, and the combined record of their three opponents thus far is 0-9. Um, I, I think that was just kind of a pessimistic take on what the Steelers have done thus far. Look, every team gets a schedule in the NFL. You play who you have to play. The Steelers had an easy one of the easier schedules coming into the 2020 season, uh, and they played their first three games and they won them. I don't think you really have to buy into the fact that the Texans, the Giants, and the Broncos are all now 0-3. I don't think that takes away from what the Steelers accomplished the last three weeks to get to a 3-0 and record for the first time uh, to start a season uh, since 2010, Donnie, like you mentioned. But uh, yeah, it's it's been really good football the last three weeks, and especially on the defensive side of the ball uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't think uh, that there will be a game for the remainder of the season that the Steelers won't have at least a competitive edge in because that defense is just too damn good. Yeah, I'll agree on, on the point. That was Chris Adamski, I think, from the Trib that put that out. There is an 0-9 start with the other three teams. And, and frankly, that to me, that's just a stupid-ass way to look at things. Um, the Texans are a good football team, man. That is, that is an 0-3 team that doesn't deserve to be 0-3, a team that here's their season to start the schedule. At Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes and the reigning Super Bowl champions, at home against Baltimore, probably the best team in the NFL right now. I guess we'll see more tonight as this comes out. We record this on, on even on Monday early hours of the morning here. But uh, Baltimore in week two and then Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger back on the road against this defense in week three. That's a good football team. Uh, and I, I don't want to hear that they're 0-3 and, and we shouldn't take this as a, a good win for the Steelers. I think it is a very good win. Uh, you saw Deshaun Watson do some things that really only guys like Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes or uh, these mobile-type quarterbacks, uh, put it as younger, Ben Roethlisberger-type guys, maybe a little, with a little bit more mobility uh, to extend the play can do. And we talked about that all throughout our Steelers preview episode uh, going into this game is the ability to – uh, extend the play for Deshaun Watson. We thought that the Steelers defense had to contain that, and and they did to a degree. Um, I'm not going to paint a, a glossy picture and, and say this was amazing from the defense because I frankly don't think it was in the first half, uh, but in the second half, don't allow a single point. Uh, the defense got a lot better as, as the game went on. Uh, and, and to hold Deshaun Watson and that Texans offense to nothing in the second half and to 29 rushing yards on 15 attempts for the game as a whole is, is a really impressive feat. Uh, so that was something that I noticed throughout the game was, was the defense got a lot better. And I thought to, to your guys' point, the offense uh, was really good throughout the day where they needed to be as well. Eric Ebron had a good day. Uh, James Washington ends up leading the team in targets along with Ebron at seven after Deontay Johnson goes down. But uh, everyone kind of stood out to me on the offensive end. Even Anthony McFarland chips in a little bit, six carries, 42 yards. I think he had a catch in there as well. So McFarland a plus, James Conner a plus, Ben Roethlisberger, another game without a turnover. All good signs for the Steelers as they move to 3-0. and With that said, let's turn over to uh, our next topic on the Steelers reaction episodes our biggest takeaway from this game, and that could be anywhere from the offense, the defense, opponent, whatever it may be. Well, for me, it's that the Steelers showed that they 
can put a game away. I know in the past we've seen some Steelers teams in recent years that struggled to do that. Uh, and as you said, Kyle, the Texans are, I think, without question, the best 0-3 team in the league. Uh, I know the New York Jets probably give them a run for their money because they've looked really good uh, for the first three games. But the Steelers really had to make some halftime adjustments. Uh, the defense didn't look great to me in that first half. I thought uh, a good quarterback like Deshaun Watson exposed them a little bit. Uh, it seemed that if Watson wasn't being immediately smothered by the front seven, he was able to make some time on his feet and make a play down the field. He was uh, either perfect or, or damn near close in the first half when it came to third down passing. The Steelers could not get them off the field and that's why the Texans had a lead at the break. So I'm glad that the Steelers made those adjustments. And then when they had the chance, there was about four, 4.30, maybe, maybe a little bit more on the clock in the fourth quarter. Steelers were up a touchdown, and they just had to move the ball down the field. They did that. They did their job, and they were able to end the game uh, and take this one home to make them 3-0. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is that this defense isn't even close to reaching its ceiling. I think in all three games thus far, we've seen flashes of what this unit could be and what it was for a lot of last season, but it hasn't really been able to fully come together yet. Week one against the Giants, I think there were a lot of problems in the first half, and they have bound in the second half, but I think Daniel Jones looked a lot better against this defense than a quarterback like Daniel Jones should look. The second week against Denver, kind of the opposite. Great first half, and the second half, it almost got away from them to the point where the Broncos, with Jeff Driscoll playing quarterback, were one play away from stealing a win in Heinz Field. And then this week, a very poor first half. Maybe very poor is uh, a little harsh, but definitely not a good first half. Kind of Deshaun Watson, we were talking about it as the game was going on. Unless the defense could get pressure on Deshaun Watson, he was making plays pretty much left and right. Second half, we saw how good this group can be. and. Once we start to see what we saw in the second half for more than 30 minutes, things are going to be really special. And you look at the Steelers' remaining schedule, I counted at the very most four quarterbacks they're going to see that are as good or better than Deshaun Watson. And the other two that came to mind are Dak Prescott and Josh Allen, who, if they are better than Deshaun Watson, it's not much. So this defense faced a good quarterback, took some bumps, Got hit in the mouth several times, as I mentioned earlier, but bared down in the second half and really won the football game by not giving much ground to the Houston Texans for the final 30 minutes. So once we start to see what we saw in the last 30 minutes uh, for a more consistent basis, opposing offenses are not going to be getting much done at all. Yeah, to, and my biggest takeaway from this game are the tight ends and what they can do for this offense. You look at all, all the, the premier teams in the NFL, right, uh, the, the two Super Bowl teams last year. Um, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs have one of the best tight ends in football, and Travis Kelsey. He adds a great compliment to their game with the addition – or, you know, to with Tyreek Hill and the speed that they have and obviously Patrick Mahomes. Um and the San Francisco 49ers with George Kittle, what they add to that team. And even a team like Baltimore, who we talked about, might be the best team in the NFL. They do a very good job of incorporating Mark Andrews into their uh, play scheme. Um, the Steelers, frankly, uh, haven't had that at tight end since Heath Miller retired. Um, Vance McDonald was solid for a little bit, but he would go through 
times where he wouldn't really even see targets or catches. Uh, and um, with Darius Green, when he had his uh, very short stint with the Steelers, d- didn't add much. It might have been because of injuries, but still. Uh, and I was a little worried for the first couple of weeks about Eric Ebron. What, is, was that going to be a bust signing? And today that, that really showed that it wasn't. He was brought in to enhance the Steelers' red zone offense, and he did that today. Seven targets, five catches, 50-plus yards, a touchdown. Uh, and then Vance McDonald, two, three receptions for 35 yards. So those two guys who are very capable, especially Eric Ebron in the past, and Vance McDonald could be starting tight ends in the NFL and a lot of teams. And those two are going to add a really, really nice compliment in the passing game with Ben Roethlisberger to Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Chase Claypool. And I'm excited to see it grow a little bit more because I think Eric Ebron has the potential to be one of the best uh, down-the-field tight ends in football. Um, and I, I'm really excited to see how his game can develop as the season goes on. And the more he plays, obviously, with Ben Roethlisberger, the more that those two click. And I think it could be scary. Yeah, I have a, a couple takeaways from this game. I'll, I'll hit off that real quick. I, I don't understand where the disdain or the confusion for Eric Ebron and his role came in the first couple of games. He's had a couple of catches in, in all three games. Now, of course, this is the, the one that stands out a little bit with five catches for 52 yards in the score. I thought he opened up the field a lot in the first two games. I thought he did kind of what his role is to be. Uh, but I was certainly very pleased with Eric Ebron today. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway, though, is on the offensive side of the ball with the return of David DeCastro and seeing what this offense really could do in the ground game if they're firing on all cylinders. James Conner averages 6.1 a carry today, 18 attempts for 109 yards. Anthony McFarland, 6 for 42. And then, then the other guys – they are what they are today. Benny Snell's only a 1.6 a carry in seven attempts. Uh, Jalen Samuels' one attempt looked horrible. But uh, the outside runs, especially for Connor today, there was just absolutely insane blocking in a good way. Uh, be that if it was David DeCastro pulling, if it was Matt Filer, uh, Al Villanueva getting out there a couple of times, Matt Filer and uh, Chuk Sakura for. Uh, was absolutely fantastic today, both in run blocking and in, in pass blocking. So that that offensive line in the run game for me, I think, is the biggest takeaway just from the sense that I think that's a unit and a, and a facet of the Steelers' offense that going forward can be a big complementary piece to Ben Roethlisberger in, in the passing game, whether that's Ebron, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, James Washington, James Conner catching passes out of the backfield, Vance McDonald, Chase Claypool. I mean, you can keep going and Hopefully Deontay Johnson's not out too long with this concussion uh, that he suffered during this game. But I think for me, that's the biggest takeaway, maybe other than that the defense uh, is going to make big plays when the defense needs to. And I thought TJ Watt, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, throughout the rest of this Steelers reaction episode. uh, But TJ Watt, frankly, in the fourth quarter and near the end of the third, just looked like he was playing pissed off uh, because he hadn't really done anything to that point. And I thought that was a big part of the game. Uh, as well. So with that said, I think turning point and play of the game were kind of similar to the boat of last week where there probably isn't one big play that sticks out as a turning point, maybe like there was in week one uh, with the goal line interception of Daniel Jones and the Giants win. But uh, we'll flip over to our player, the play of the game or turning point of the game for you guys. Well, I think easy enough for me, halftime was the turning point in the game for the Steelers, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, As mentioned before, Deshaun Watson was just kind of having his way with that Steelers defense in the first half. 
uh, a couple of touchdown passes. But then once the second half began, something clicked for the Steelers defensively. Uh, the Texans could not do anything uh, on, the offensive, on the offensive side of the ball. Zero points, 51 yards, two first downs. They also forced a Deshaun Watson – Deshaun Watson interception uh, in which Mike Hilton picked it off on a tip pass. That's the type of thing. I mean, it's hard to ask your defense to play like that for an entire four quarters, but a really good second half out of these guys. It allowed the Steelers to take the lead and put the game away uh, as they trailed after the first 30 minutes. But if you get that type of effort from your 11 guys on defense and, and then a couple of the reserve guys, you're going to beat a lot of teams uh, in the National Football League. So just shutting down the Texans' offense in the second half, that willed the Steelers to a victory because they outscored Houston 11 to nothing in the second half. That's not a huge gap. Uh, it's not that the Steelers exploded offensively, but just the fact that Houston did absolutely nothing with the football in quarters three and four, uh, that was the big turning point for me. I think my turning point, Donnie, happened about five minutes before the end of the first half, and that was Ben Roethlisberger finding Eric Gabron in the end zone to cut the deficit to 14-10 uh, with the extra point coming after. I think it's not really as much about the drive itself, which was 12 plays, 75 yards. It was more of what happens if they don't score in that drive. If the Steelers don't come away with any points or even only come away with three points, they risked Deshaun Watson, who was playing very well in that first half, marching down the field and giving the Texans a 21-6 or a 21-3 lead. And who knows what happens if the game gets to that point. So that drive, which was capped off with Ebron scoring his first touchdown, I think as a Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, that made it 14-10, kept the Steelers in the game, kept the game away, kept the game from getting away from the Steelers in that first half. And then really after that, aside from that one touchdown I alluded to earlier at the end of the first half, it was kind of all Steelers from there. The Steelers outscored Houston 18-7 to the rest of the way, an 11-point difference. So if I had to point to anything, it might be kind of um, a subtle uh, turning point, but definitely at the turning point of that game for me was that drive and keeping the Steelers in the game and really kind of uh, switching the momentum, albeit ever so slightly. Yeah, Donnie, I think you're absolutely right about halftime being the turning point uh, of this football game. And I want to highlight uh, it's the first two drives uh, offensively in the second half for the Houston Texans. So their first one, they go three and out. Uh, and then the second one, uh, they gained neg or they didn't gain any yards. It was negative seven. Um, so the first play of that drive was a five-yard run uh, from Deshaun Watson, which five yards on first down is a win. So you get a second down and manageable, uh, second and five. Handoff goes to David Johnson and Stephon Tuitt swallows him up, which is I'm very, very glad that Stephon Tuitt is healthy knock on wood because he adds so much to that defensive line, uh, physical like Cam Hayward, and just has a lot of speed off that edge and hits players hard. Um, so that um, makes it, I think, third and four, or third, uh, third and four and a half, whatever it was. And then Tuitt comes back on the next play and sacks Deshaun Watson. Uh, Tuitt was really hyped up after the, the David Johnson hit. Uh, and then he comes out the next play and sacks Deshaun Watson. And for me, so they get the first drive for the Texans to go three and out in the first half. 
and then they get them to go three and out uh, on the second drive of their um, offensive possessions of the second half uh, with a little bit more of an exclamation point, obviously ending on, on that third down sack to it. But for me, that's where it was because that's when the defense uh, you could tell was, all right, let's cut the shit out, hammer down. And they absolutely did in the second half. It was, let me count real quick. 14, 17 plays the Texans ran in the second half. And you're not going to win very many football games if you're only running 17 plays in a half and only gaining um, less than 100 yards. I mean, it's, it's, it was a tremendous job from the defense. I think there are a couple of places where we're glossing over a little bit in terms of plays of the game. I didn't really think about uh, this sequence when we were talking about before we started recording this Steelers reaction episode about this sequence. Um, ben Roethlisberger on a third and three from the Houston 41 with 11.06 remaining in the third quarter. This is the first drive out of the half uh, with the Steelers getting the football to start the half. He was uh, he scrambled, uh, beat the linebacker towards the pile or not the pylon, but the uh, lead stick. Uh, and he was called short. It went to a review with a Mike Tomlin challenge. It was a chicken shit call. It was a chicken shit spot. Uh, and they end up saying it's fourth and one. And on that fourth and one play, they try to dial up long distance with, I think, a horrible play call. It ends up working out. Uh, but Chase Claypool draws the DPI on Roby, and that's a 29-yard penalty that puts the ball in the Houston territory uh, the the 10-yard line. I think it ends up being right after that pass uh, was obviously incomplete, but the DPI penalty there. Uh, is a big factor in this game that ends up allowing Chris Boswell to make it a 21-20 game. Uh, and that's a, a one-point game going into those two drives Jack's talking about. And then I think the the one for me that probably is the, the big turning point, if there is a play of the game, is the Mike Hilton interception of Deshaun Watson uh, with 13-38 left in the fourth quarter. That is a play that is always going to stand out. And Mike Hilton seems to make a big play every single week for the Steelers defense. So, uh, I'll point to the fourth and one play uh, that got the DPI after what I think was an absolutely horrible uphold of a challenge in a call that was made on the field. And then the Hilton interception is my player turning point uh, of the game. And I know that's two, it's kind of cheating a little bit, but uh, to me, those are kind of one in the same fold there as the Steelers pick up this win. That said, let's flip over to our final segment of the Steelers reaction episode the Steelers winners 28-21 over the Texans who is our player of the game from each of us and it could have changed since the commentary on the website which is up at command.network easy pick for me today uh, there's not going to be many times when uh, or really not many opportunities when I can do this but an offensive lineman gets the game ball for me today Chukso Korafor this morning he woke up he put on his hard hat he packed up his lunch pail and he took J.J. Watt to fucking school. J.J. Watt, one of the best defensive football players in National Football League history, had one solo tackle against Chukso Korafor in this game. That is phenomenal work. I mean, it, we're, we're not going to get that kind of production every week, but, I mean, kudos to this guy. He didn't win the starting job out of camp. He didn't really let that bother him. He gets the opportunity after Zach Banner goes down with a torn ACL. And not only did he make the most of it, he exceeded all expectations, uh, limiting J.J. Watt to a silent afternoon. The only time they said Watt's name was the amount of times that they mentioned that all three brothers were in the game. He did nothing on Sunday. Yeah, that's a good pick, Donnie. I also 
also think David DeCastro would be a solid pick, being that there was a considerable difference in the offense, especially in the running game with him on the field week three, which not on the field for week one or week two. But I'm going to go with, I guess, the more uh, conservative, conventional, uh, maybe even boring pick. Uh, I'll go with the skill position player to running back, James Conner. Um, over the course of the game with Johnson going out, it was important for the Steelers' running game to get their asses in gear. And Connor, I don't think, had shown too much in the first pair of games. Obviously, he didn't do much of anything across the river in New Jersey. And sure, his stat line against the Broncos in week two looked good. But that was mainly due to one long run, which happened when the outcome was already decided anyway. So I think coming into today's game, Connor, to an extent, had something to prove. I definitely don't think he converted any of the non-believers amongst Steeler Nation. I didn't think his performance was quite that. Fabulous, but he played far and away his best game of the season, over 100 yards, over six yards of carry, maybe even one of his as a stealer. And I think him anchoring that ground game, which Anthony McFarland looked very good too, I thought. Shout out to him getting his uh, fir- first uh, reasonable dose of action in the running game. But that's my pick, James Conner, player of the game. Um, I was tempted to go with the lineman as well, but uh, didn't do it. So, hmm. I'm going to be short and sweet with mine. Four tackles, two for a loss, and a sack. Your 2020 Defensive Player of the Year of the National Football League. Go ahead and book it, T.J. Watt, player of the game. I'm going to agree with Joe on the James Conner sentiment. I thought he was really good today, and and that's just getting to the outside, taking advantage of good blocking, finding some holes. I had a couple of good cutbacks that Donnie, Joe, and I were watching uh, in the same room, kind of just leaped out of our seats a little bit uh, at and the, some of the moves that Connor was able to make. And Anthony McFarland, obviously a good day in the run game as well. And, and that's a big credit to the offensive line I mentioned in my general thoughts earlier on this win. Uh, but James Connor for me is, is the player of the game. And if you start to wonder when Ben Roethlisberger is going to creep into this conversation when it comes to our player of the game, he has a pretty good day today. 101.3 rating according to NFL.com's game book. Uh, two inter- or two touchdowns, no interceptions, only sacked a couple of times, 237 yards. I thought he could have been a little bit more efficient, but uh, there were some drops in there as well. But uh, James Conner is my player of the game for the week three win against the Houston Texans. And that will do it here for episode 20 of the Come On Network podcast and our latest Steelers reaction episode of the 2020 season. A reminder that you can find us on any device that gets internet or wherever you get and consume your podcast, be that Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or another. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. That's at Come On, C-O-M-O-N, Network, N-E-T-W-O-R-K on Twitter and Instagram and on the web at comeon.network blog stories, Steelers post-game commentary, stuff like that, features, columns, hot takes, the podcast episodes. You can learn more about our team and more, including merch that is coming very, very soon. And of course, as always, the Come On Network podcast is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor does everything for you, and they'll do it for free. You can create and record your podcast live from the app or upload a pre-existing recording, and Anchor will post and distribute it for you, as well as even match you with potential sponsors. Visit Anchor by downloading the Anchor app on the iTunes or Google Play Store, or by going to anchor.fm. We'll be talking to you at least once more, one more time this week with our Steelers preview for the Steelers and the Titans coming up on Sunday. That episode with a guest will be released on Friday morning at 5 a.m., And at some point, we'll have a few pieces of Pirates content in pod form and in blog form to put a bow on what was, well, the 2020 season. 
So until then, uh, and until next time, stay safe, go Steelers, and come on.